Oh. You're comfortable. And we're live. <laughs> hey, uh, it's Michael and the Bear. Uh, today is shoot. I closed my calendar. That's uh, it's May fourteenth or fifteenth. May fifteenth. May fifteenth. May May fifteenth. Uh, That's Tuesday. Second yes, day Tuesday. of the census in New York City. Exactly. Market cap is dropped to 375 million. Bitcoin dominance Ooh. is at 37.3 percent, and a consensus is starting off to a rough start. So I I, uh, I sold all my altcoins just like a few hours ago. Shut up. Are you serious? I actually did. I did. Um, like nano and everything, and no, I still have my nano, but okay. like I got rid of like I got rid of a lot of my <clears throat> my big stuff. Um, I saw that somebody on Twitter posted a picture of Snoop uh, showing up in Consensus. Well, because um, you know he's there for Ripple. He is. R Ripple's okay. having an event, and he's and he's uh, performing. He's at a it. Ripple guy. I don't know if he's a Ripple guy, but he's just he just got hired to perform at the event. Okay. Well, that was my sell signal right there for my all salty stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you sell everything into Ripple? Please. No, please no, I didn't. I, I don't. Okay. I don't own any Ripple. But, okay. uh, and then like right afterwards, everything started to drop. So it, it's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm wondering if, I mean, everything I'm reading is that there's more, uh, like wall street investment and people are quitting, quitting wall street left and right to join crypto like EOS and this and that. I'm just like, what's going on? Well, whatever. I mean, yeah, I mean, I had, a, I had a big debate about Bitcoin. Big debate with somebody yesterday about speculation versus an investment, and he was like, "It was about Nano," and he's like, "Nano is not an investment; it's a speculation." So I looked up, the, well, you know, I looked up definitions between the two, and one is, wasn't well, yeah, go ahead. An investment ahead. is based on tech, like a good product, and speculation is like gambling. Well, and I'm like, well, aren't speculators people who like like are like you know? They think something is going to be valuable. That's what they do. They speculate on things. Yeah, but they're speculating on something that isn't isn't what's, a working product type thing. So, like you you would speculate on EOS because it's not working yet. Okay. Versus All right, I speculating it. on Bitcoin, you can't really speculate on Bitcoin because it's a working product. It, it already kind works. Of. So you're yeah. you, you're investing in the hopes that it's going to. Uh, be used by more know. people but it actually works it does what it says it does it's proven to do what it does so i think with nano it's just like okay so you have working beta apps but it does exactly what it does if i send it to you it takes less than a second to send to you like it's not i feel like at that point it's no longer a speculation because it actually does what it does whereas iota still takes you know three days for a transaction yeah. to go through so to well, me, that how, would be more of a speculation yeah how is nano more of a speculative asset than bitcoin in that case i don't know because i don't think doesn't it, well exactly. i mean i feel like i feel like bitcoin has had what nine years now of use and mm -hmm. no one's hacked it yet and i don't think nano has gotten as much right. um attempts of you know to be hacked as bitcoin has so i would say that bitcoin's less speculative than the nano but um yeah, it, it, that kind of stuff just drives me crazy. We're just like, people are already getting into I feel like everything is a speculation. Well, that's why you're the bear. Yeah. <laughs> and if you guys didn't notice, it's Michael and the bear. <laughs> yeah. And that's why. You can call me JJ on the show. It's fine. <laughs> call, call him bear. <laughs> just call me bear. <laughs> okay, so this week's episode is about crypto frontmen. You have a little earthquake over there. You're bouncing like crazy. Okay. Yeah, I'm just uh, you know I'm on, I'm, I'm on the uh, we're live for the first time. I'm not gonna feel it. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> um, yeah. So the front men of crypto, <clears throat> the, the uh, crypto all stars. Um, yeah, and so, so this is a really this is a really easy topic for um, for like mainstream media and stuff like that. I feel like they really love this stuff because it's something that easily tells a story. Yeah. And, um, and so it's it's you know people jump all over oh Vitalik and Dan Larimer and and Vinny Lingham and you know all these characters they throw around these names, but what I'm more interested in is the 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 kind of cult phenomenon that that occurs 
and how yeah. it's sort of antithetical to what like decentralized systems are supposed to, you know, how they're supposed to work. And when you when 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 we give so much credibility to like one person who is in charge of, you know, answering for the things that you know they've created. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 interesting that we give these people so much control, give them so much power. When we're um, trying to create decentralized communities. What's that? When we're trying to create decentralized communities, and that's like the whole point of that is to not have something yeah. like that in control. And I think Vitalik and Larimer, I feel like they they understand that, and they sort of get out of the way of their own projects. And that's why you know. Really, not, like, you think so? I think so. I think Dan Larimer really believes in in decentralization. I think that that's like, um, I think that's that's from from the interviews I've seen and stuff like that. And I I, I mean that's that's all I have. And, and hold on, really fast. Uh, Dan Larimer is the founder he is of the, EOS. He he is the he is the CTO of EOS, and he is the creator of BitShare BitShares and Steam. Steam. So and and both of those projects, Steam and BitShares, he gets criticism for sort of leaving those teams, kind of just ditching the projects when in yeah. fact he built them, they work, they work well. Yeah. And he moved they on to the next well. and, and and he shouldn't stick around with those projects because they're distributed systems. So yeah. Um but I yeah, still, but I still, I, I, I interjected because I think him and Vitalik, even though they're, they seem to be about decentralization, they, they don't seem to have learned from Charlie Lee, the creator of Litecoin, his mistake of trying to leave his company in maybe a less um, interesting way. <laughs> If people don't know, Charlie Lee decided to sell 100% of his Litecoin and posted it online and then watched Litecoin drop like 50% and never really recovered from that all-time high. Granted, he did it at the height of January when everything fell at that point. But Char Charlie Lee was going to get criticism for no matter what he did. I mean, if he held on to his Litecoin, people would have would have it was a conflict of interest. If he sold it and didn't tell anyone then people would say oh he was you know he wasn't being honest or he wasn't being transparent so i think charlie Lee did it the right way way and i don't think we're gonna see litecoin die i don't think it's gonna die just because he did that look i i have a real beef with with crypto inventors or or coders in general because a lot of them don't uh they have really good intellectual smarts but they don't have a lot of street smarts and how stuff is gonna no. uh look on the street because yeah, no. it's like if, if if i'm holding litecoin and the founder of litecoin says oh by the way i sold uh 180 million dollars worth of litecoin yesterday i sold it all um i'm gonna sell everything just because that's a big red flag to me now if he had said hey i don't feel um having a front man for a project is good for decentralization over the course of the next two years, I'm gonna sell 25% of my stake in Litecoin each month for the next 24 months. Just because I want Litecoin to run on its own, I don't want to have a say in how it's run, I don't wanna have a say in speculation, I don't wanna have, I don't, I don't wanna have to like worry about my tweets, I don't worry about it. And I think people would, at first freak out a little bit, but then eventually they just be used to it and be like, oh, that's Charlie Lee selling a large stake and it's no big deal. And he's doing it to, you know, uh, you know, not have so much power over it. But I think, you know, how do you not know that selling 100% of your stake is going to have a negative effect when you're the guy that created it? And I think everybody said, yeah. like, imagine Steve Jobs saying, oh, by the way, I don't, I sold all my stock in Apple. <laughs> you know, I think people would freak out. And, and yeah, he, so. he could have had a little more tact with that. Yes. Somebody could have told him, hey, you might not want to tell everyone that you're selling all your Lite Litecoin when it's at the top right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's I mean, a little strange when, like, you know, out of all, all of the, the, uh, I, I'm trying to think of some of the other personalities. I mean, there's Fluffy Pony, of course. He's got a lot of street smarts. And, and uh, he's a Monero 
he was the uh, lead developer Honor. for Monero. Yeah. Um, Italian guy. Wears big watches. Um, he's uh, he's actually my favorite, just because he's, yeah. he's 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 the most amusing on Twitter. And you guys and, can uh, uh, check out what he looks like on uh, what's the name of their podcast or their uh, YouTube podcast thing. The magical crypto friends. Yeah, yeah. that's that's an interesting one. Yeah. Charlie Lee's in that too, and then who else? It's a uh, whale panda, and um, and uh, oh man, I can't remember the other guy's name. Yeah, and whale panda is like a big Twitter. Uh, yeah. Twitter game. They're all Twitter personalities. That's the, that's all they are right now. right now. I think I saw a tweet last night. Uh, Charlie Lee, he posted something like, "It's it's great being a celebrity during consensus because I can walk up to any club that sold out and say, hey, I'm Charlie Lee. Let me and my posse in.'" <laughs> Which I was like, "All right," <laughs> like you were saying, like real tactful, real tactful yeah. guy. <laughs> Which is funny because that's any other time, time, any other time, people would be like, "Who?" Get the fuck out of yeah. here, dude. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there he's a total rock star. Yeah. Which absolutely. I guess absolutely. Every every many years the the geeks and nerds kind of come out and take over New York. And, That's gotta uh, be really hard for bouncers because normally, like, you know, every other day they're like, you back of the line. <laughs> yeah. Totally. You you're just not gonna get in, so just go home because you're not gonna get in. And now they have to like, you know, yeah, eat it and let them in and yeah. So I mean, it, it, we got go, It goes back to the question of, do do people need frontmen to be well, able to invest? You know, in something? like when I think about the projects that are really successful, they all have somebody who is a spokesman for them, and usually that that identifies as the lead developer because that's what people want to hear. That's who people want to hear from. They want to know, oh, Justin's son, the lead the developer of Tron. Even though, like, nobody's actually even seen him in front of a computer, you know, yeah. nobody even knows if he knows how to use one. See, um, and that's and that's why I kind of disagree with you. I don't think they care about lead developer. I think they care about brainchild. Steve Jobs never coded anything or developed anything. He had an idea, and people made stuff for him. But like, I don't know if Steve Jobs may have done a lot. Actually, I'm not sure. But I, I, everything I, I read said that he was just a very mediocre engineer, hmm. and like. He didn't really do anything. Wozniak was the person who actually well, built everything. But uh, Steve Jobs didn't build the next computer when he left. I mean, I don't know. Well, he didn't build it really. He just had he the just, idea. He just designed it. He yeah. just he just innovated it. He innovates yeah. things. He yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was a great innovator. Um, uh, yeah. Um, well, I see these other smaller, smaller crack cap cryptos come out and they try to push push a frontman out there like you know like one chain has this uh i think his name is justin bite um and they're kind of trying to give him a little bit of limelight and yeah. the guy the guy who uh who represents substratum i forget his name the guy who beats women or something like that or was arrested for yeah. something and something like that change lights is that too uh, uh, that's great Okay. There's uh yeah, the 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 Sunarok, the Verge guy who like I mean he's the he's the he's the Verge developer. <laughs> he is the developer. There's no there's no question about that. He sits in a room alone with a hat on and codes. Backwards. <laughs> Backwards. I'm laughing because me and JJ joke about this where he I feel the guy is you know, and no offense to to the guy, uh, I feel like he looks a little ridiculous because it looks like it's like Fred Durst asking me for to invest in his multi-million dollar cryptocurrency. I was like, um, but I've just, I'm, I've known so many programmers that look exactly like that. Exactly. Exactly. Or, so in your mind, or, or, or they're worse, they look like the Vitalik and they've got like an extra, extra large shirt with like a unicorn that's all tie dyed or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or they, they look like Larimer with like, you know, they practically can't even speak to other human beings because they're so socially, <laughs> Like just unavailable. <laughs> oh, and I feel bad. I'm not, I'm not laughing at them. I'm just laughing at the, at the situation. And this is another not, topic we were we were going to talk about. But I think we should just talk about it now. Is do you think Larimer or Vitalik expected to be billionaires and frontmen for multinational? I, I guess you know worldwide cryptocurrencies or worldwide uh, crypto projects. 
It's like, do you think they had that expectation going into this where all of a sudden they're thrust in front of billions of people and expected to <laughs> act, act normal or, you know, normal? They, I would guess that no, they, they probably didn't. And they definitely didn't expect it to happen this quickly. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Dan Larimer, he's already done, he's already finished two projects and EOS is very there i mean he's, he's he's very calculated about how they're releasing it and you know how the year-long ico is going to happen and i have to give him a little respect for for pulling it off so far we'll see if he actually does um yeah. but he he definitely knew how things were going to play out i think he was kind of thinking about this you know from the get-go like, how long is it going to take? He also had two projects to experiment with and learn from his mistakes and grow. And right, I mean, so he's I don't, a, he's, I don't, he I don't fault him. I don't fault him for not being good in front of a camera. I fault him for not learning from that mistake and maybe finding somebody who's the Steve Jobs to his Wozniak, or you know, like something like create that kind of cohesive unit where you have a front man and um, who can speak about the project the way Larimer thinks about the project. Because yeah, eventually yeah. I feel no, like... Steady got, steady got Brock Pierce or whatever his name is to oh my be God. the front man. That was the, that was the worst decision he could have made. Yeah. Okay, so so people watching, <laughs> look if you don't know who Brock Pierce is, look it up. He did this. He... he yeah. <laughs> He did this presentation one time where he's talking about his wedding and what did he have at his wedding? Like unicorn somethings or something weird. And yeah, he, he just, I don't know. He sounded like he was on some kind of mushroom, like magic mushrooms or, or acid or something. And it's just like, yeah. it was, it's not necessarily child pornography ring and stuff too. I don't, I, yeah. It's not necessarily who you want as your front man for. <laughs> yeah. But, but to, to give Larimer a little credit, like Brock Pierce was before he was involved with EOS, he was involved with Bitcoin and he was involved with Ethereum. So it was like he kind of yeah. injected himself into every scene that he could, yeah. I feel like. That's because he's a like he's an he's an actor. He's a child actor look, looking for attention, probably. Yeah. Um and he got some. And whatever. He he had his Always. wedding at, at uh, Burning Man or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Surrounded by unicorns. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, who are some of the other? Who are the the, the other great frontmen? Um, I'm trying to think. Like, uh, um, pull up the uh, market cap and, and look. Okay, you got Ethereum. Yeah, you got yeah. Ripple. Rip, I mean, so Ripple. Oh, I can definitely say. Uh, yeah. What's his uh, name? Um, oh God. Crap. Hold on. No, I gotta look it up. Vinny Lingham's an outspoken guy. Uh, um, Brad Gerlinghouse. Brad Gerling. I, I can say without it. I mean, I can't say without a doubt, but I can I can imagine without a doubt that Brad, Brad Gerling, Gerling, Gerlinghouse absolutely expected to be a billionaire. Probably. And, and he went into Ripple expecting to be a billionaire. I don't know much about Ripple and I don't know much about XRP and what the difference is, although I've heard that that uh, Ripple is the actual organization is an actual business and xrp was just something that some of their employees whipped up and were like hey this works it's well it's ripple's a, a company that already that already is existent is is uh -huh. in existence and owns about 33 percent of the market share r3 mm -hmm. owns maybe it's 25 no maybe it's 20 percent. i think it's 20 percent. r3 owns 20 percent, and then stripe owns 60 percent of the market share so ripple isn't a cryptocurrency or a blockchain xrp is and xrp is and they're trying to slowly in you know put into the system and get the companies that they work with to start using they don't have to use them though that's the thing about ripple is that no one none of their clients are forced to use ripple they're trying to beg them to use it so did ripple create xrp um, or was xrp created by somebody else and given to ripple I think that that's where I'm confused. That's where I need to look at because I know XRP was. Let's oh, not see it. I know one of them, either Ripple or XRP, was created by Jed McCaleb, who owns mm -hmm. who who started a uh, Stellar. Um, he started that. He was the MT Gox guy. Um, 
he didn't like the direction Ripple or XRP was going because it was um, for profit. And Jeff McHale didn't want to do that. So he left and did Stellar, which is nonprofit. Um, so I, but I don't know if XRP was created after he left as a blockchain pro like way to work with Ripple or not. But all I do know is that Brad Gellinghouse is a billionaire because of it. And they own like 60% of, of the Ripple or the XRP that, you know, they control it. So XRP is is pretty centralized as yes. far as cryptocurrencies go. Absolutely. It is very centralized. And they don't I don't get the impression that they have any desire. Like Neo talks about they're centralized. IOTA talks about they're centralized and they want to decentralize. Um that mm -hmm. I said they're centralized, they want to decentralize. I don't get the impression from Ripple in any way that they actually want to decentralize. To me, they are happy working with banks and being centralized. And I, I guess the response I get from people and I ask myself is then why not just be like a database or, you know, why do you need a blockchain for that? That doesn't make any sense. Probably what, ha what happens is when you say that you're associated with banks, then people who might not trust cryptocurrencies, um, they, they might actually feel more comfortable, you know, giving you money to actually send or, you know, using your service. That's the only thing I can think of. Is if if there's some you know multimillionaire that needs to send a bunch of money and it needs to get to another country really quickly, then you can you can you can use XRP and it probably works pretty quickly. But I mean, yeah, but you you can't use XRP like that's a bank protocol, right? But if you the wanted to send money through a bank, I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand why banks would need cryptocurrency in the first place. So yeah, I'm just, just trying, I'm just trying to guess. I mean, Stellar makes sense to me. Like Stellar's about not trying to implode the system and you know each country keeping their own currency and transactioning and converting in real time so i could send you five dollars us to you know germany you know automatically converted to euro within five seconds versus having to like send you usd and you having to try to figure out how to convert it and all that like that does it for you and, and so i understand that um but I've still never really understood XRP and the use for it. But I know right. Wall Street let's loves it. To, let's, let's get back to some other Front personalities. Man. Front, Front man. man. Um, uh, Vinny Lingham is somebody that I follow on Twitter. Just because yeah, but who is he a frontman for? Civic. So, so okay. uh, Civic is... Is that his uh, project? Yeah, it is. So if you didn't know, Civic is... there. They are um, identity on the blockchain, essentially. Yes. Um, identity protection and identity fraud prevention. Which I thought was a pretty cool idea when I first yeah. heard about it. So I started. You know, you know they're doing a right now? What's that? A consensus they have a, a, a beer vending machine. Oh yeah, I did. And see you have that. to verify your your age with the vending machine, a one-time age verification, and you get free. I thought beer. that was pretty pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Beer, I mean, so. like the first thing, the first product they're associated with is alcohol. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Free alcohol too. <laughs> oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah, that that's that's an interesting use case. That's something that that we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Because we can list off the use cases for cryptocurrency on <clears> one hand, <throat> and they're they're not what you. I mean, they're not what most people would think they are. Like, I don't even think smart contracts are really a use case yet. Not not yet. Um, well, Trevor Noah recently did a little. He has these clips on Facebook that are um, his in between clips when he's talking to the audience during commercial breaks. And he said, man, it would be great if to get white people to stop calling the cops on black people for no reason is if every time you called, you put in a $5 deposit. And if there was an actual crime going on, you got your $5 back. If it was a trivial response, like if it was nothing really going on, not only would they take your $5, you'd have to pay them like an extra $40 or something like that. And so I think people would be a little less flagrant about randomly calling the police on black people having a barbecue type thing. And so, but that's kind contract? of, well, that's kind of what proof of stake is right there is, is, you know, you're, you're, you're approving something. And if it turns out to be false, you get your money taken away. So you're staking your mm -hmm. coins. I think that's a, I think that's a, you know, that's a use case right there. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I yeah. don't know if that's a, I don't, 
don't know if that's as much of a use case or if that's just a that's just kind of a that's a that's a proof of of uh yeah that's a that's a, that's an proof algorithm of, um, proof of something yes yeah <laughs> i'm thinking like well you know we have we have we have transactions we have store of value we have um we have a communication i guess uh identity um Ooh, like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Lord, no, shoot, hold on. Let me look it up really fast. It's, I'm listening to this woman at Consensus, and she's talking about um, proof of marriage and proof of this and proof of that, where you can be married, but um, or proof of ownership of, of something. And just because a country decides to take away that ownership or, to, or, or disavow your marriage, the rest of the world knows you're married because it's on the blockchain. Like, yeah, that's I think that idea. was that's going to be huge. Like, you know, I'm uh, <clears throat> like I'm somebody. I work in a, an environment that requires me to know a lot about intellectual property, and I I can't wait for the moment that intellectual property is incorporated into the blockchain because these sort of like digital assets are becoming more and more popular or more and more understood. I should say. Yeah. Um, so that's something I can't wait for. And, and, Tony, and when it comes Tony to Tony Lane is the person. Sorry, Tony Lane. So when it comes to documentation, um, you know, I I've, I've heard people on the internet and podcasts and stuff like that sort of uh, kind of make fun of some I, I some some blockchain ideas. You know, saying like you know we don't we don't really need a blockchain for that. I think yeah. Tone Vase said that uh, you know we really don't need a blockchain for medical records. And I think I had to go to the doctor that week or something. But it was like. Oh my god! I felt like I was in like a system from like the 1920s or something. Yeah, like filling out all of these papers and watching the poor girls behind the desk like file everything in like this this really messy like filing cabinet and like having to use like stamps on everything. I thought this is so like this yeah. is not the world that I live in anymore. You know. Well, it's like the um, idea of like, well, what's going to happen to those people when we don't need them to file stuff? It's like, well, they can have more face to face interaction with. With people in need, oh well, yeah, we'll need them. We'll, we'll need them to actually. We'll need them to. Yeah, they. We, we'll need them to like their jobs so that yeah. they can actually help people. Yeah, and then I mean, like, just you know, trying to go to a different doctor or hospital or whatever, and trying to get your medical records. Like we, like that's something we definitely need a blockchain for. I mean, and still, how many people die because of of misdiagnose or uh, uh, prescriptions gone wrong or this or that or I mean it's just like there's so yeah. many there's so much it's it's the it's it's scary for people though because like it's the thing of like autom automated cars and and uh, um, what's his name Tesla Elon Musk uh, has this great tweet where he says it's great to know that every single newspaper in the world and new, in, you know news place in the world is is uh, showcasing the one person who had got in a broke who got in a car accident and using autopilot and broke their ankle when we have 44,000 deaths from from uh, you know people driving cars in America but nobody talks about that this is like all of a sudden the fear factor of a computer could take over and you could die from it like freaks people out but the computer is a thousand times a better driver than than the person would be and it's just like come on you guys it, I know it's scary but People get yeah, scared getting in a taxi in New York because they're not in control. And it took me a while to just and that's a fear of control thing. thing yeah. For sure, for sure. I mean when I, when when you have to actually sit there and go like who actually is making this decision of whether I live or or not. not I yeah. mean that's like okay, you've broken it down into some real philosophical thinking there, but yeah. like you're not thinking about that stuff when you're in the back of a taxi cab. The fact that the taxi cab driver doesn't even have that decision to make because some people are though. Some anyway. people are aware of it. Some people get freaked out by it. Like oh, I'm okay, saying, my that, mom. My mom is yeah. perfect example. If I'm driving, every five minutes she's clutching the handle because she's like used to being in no, control. No, I mean that when you're driving, there's not you can't prevent an, any accident. I mean, you, there, 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 there might be things that you can't prevent. If somebody runs out in front oh, of you, or if somebody exactly. drives through a stoplight, like those things are unpreventable. Yeah, but. Uh, uh, so when, when it comes to yeah. when when it comes to things that people are not comfortable yet with these things that are considered taboo like artificial intelligence, um, then people will start to say, "Oh yeah, but I, I wasn't comfortable with that to begin with because you know, I don't I don't control or 
you know, what happens if, if somebody runs a stop sign or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Um, so who else is a good uh, oh, crypto all-star? I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't say all-star, but the front man thing is the IOTA team. Oof. I don't those know guys. any of those guys because I don't really follow IOTA. Like, I okay. mean, I, I probably guys. wouldn't know. I mean, yeah, I probably wouldn't actually know anything about about Cardano if it wasn't for Hoskins and he's just because he's so like kind of gets in everyone's face. Um, you know. Yeah, but the IOTA guys they're, just, some stuff. they're a disaster, man. They're 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 calling people stupid and they're you know, they had the the IOTA wallet problem. It sounds like Hoskinson. Yeah. But they had the IOTA wallet problem where they had people create their keys just online. On some random website, well, and Nano found did that out. too at first. Who did? Nano. That first yeah. Nano web wallet was like that. What? Yeah, they didn't even actually give you any private keys at first. I was. That's why I, when I first like. Oh, no, that was a third-party company. That wasn't. Are you Nano sure? Only had, yeah, Nano only had the dev wallet, and they're like, "Okay, here are two other ones that you can use that are available. One okay. lets you keep your private keys. One doesn't." But mm. this is the Nano Dev Wallet. This is the only one we certify. This is the only one we put out. But Michael no, loves Nano, by the way. I, yeah, <laughs> I, it's not that I love Nano. I just love the technology. Okay, I love Nano. But no, Michael likes things that actually work, and that's I like it. That so. And also, like, so, so I, I was in IOTA, and the community was toxic as hell. Like the Reddit was awful. The every, it was just, it was toxic. And and I would listen to these guys in interviews. And they're, you know, they're cursing people out and they're just really aggressive and, and verbally abusive. Dev team. This is the dev team. And, and, but see, that's the thing is like they set the tone for their community and the rest of their community kind of followed, followed suit. And so I, I heard about, I, I heard about Nano from, you know, Rayblox back then. And so I, I, I got into their Discord, and it was night and day. It was just peaceful. It was relaxed. It was supportive. And I was just like, you know what? This is more my speed. Sell all my IOTA, which took me like four days to do to get it off the wallet. Um, and then get the, got the Nano or the, the Rayblox back then. And, and luckily, I had heard so many horror stories about Mt. Gox that when I got it on uh, BitGrail, I immediately pulled it off. Immediately. Because I just heard so many stories about, you know, about uh, Mount Gox and and all the experiences with Bitgrail. There's another front man. That guy mm -hmm. just seemed shady. Yeah, bomber. And so I, I think I I, I blocks um, on uh, I think it was Bitflip or something. It was like a really really sketchy looking exchange. Yeah. And uh, I, I yeah I think I. I, that was when I like tried to find a, a wallet for for Nano, and all, all I found was those third party ones that you mentioned. Yeah, and both of those, I was like, eh, oh. yeah, yeah, and actually that's the thing. keep and, much of my Nano. And that's and that's I think that's my one um, complaint about the Nano team is that they don't really have a front man. They have their main developer, Colin, but like. He doesn't really get out there enough, and, he, and he's a nice and charming guy. But you can tell that's not his forte. He's a great developer, you know, a great coder, great. And so I, I almost feel like you don't necessarily need like a Steve Jobs type person, but I feel like it's really good to have a good marketing and/or front person just to get the information out there in a pleasant and easy way. Because that does make a difference. It does. It does disarm people when the information is presented, and so I think that kind of goes against decentralization. But it doesn't. But decentralization kind of goes against human nature, in my mind. Like, yeah, that might be. We are I, about community. We think, are about family. You know, you know, all coins in general, like this idea that they have to have a white paper and they have to have a team and they have to have this stuff like this is all kind of silly um like th that's just turning them into startups they're just yeah. internet startups basically um who said that they have a, have to have a team or, or a white paper you know like i don't know cardano doesn't have a white white paper like ethereum doesn't really have a white paper yeah. um and 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 now if you want to go buy a you know a, a new altcoin 
you have to make sure that it has a white paper and that it wasn't, you know, what wasn't plagiarized and they have yeah. to make sure they have a team. They have to have it's at least six people team and, and the, the, the team has to, they either have to look like, you know, they're, you know, all clean cut or they have to look like, you know, crappy Polaroids yeah. and like, that's okay too, but they all have to be there. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, yeah, I, don't I mean, know. these Just things that, that, are that, red that, flags that, if I'm going to invest in an ICO. But at the same time, it's like I, like I, I don't agree with everything Cedric Dahl says because I feel like that's another guy who uh, hasn't ever been poor, and so it's hard for him to really kind of relate to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but he did say something really smart that originally I didn't think of because when uh, I was looking at ICOs, people were always like, "Oh, you know, does it have a white paper? Does it have a roadmap? Does it have?" a team with pictures? Do, do they have LinkedIn pages that you can click on to make sure they're real human beings? Like all these things. And the first thing he says is, if there's an all-star team, I don't get involved in it. Because if that all-star team leaves, the whole thing just collapses. Because I'm looking for something that just runs by itself. People can walk away and then you don't have to worry about it. It still runs perfectly. And, and that's one of the reasons I kind of put a small small percentage of my portfolio into Ravencoin. Since some ex-Bitcoin people, nobody knows who they are really. It's just kind of out there. Ooh, dark horse. And it just kind of runs itself. And so I'm like, all right, well, let's just, you know. Well, in a way, I feel like, like Nano w was kind of the last altcoin that, that didn't have, that could run without their team, that yeah. could exist, you know, without their, without their leaders. Um, well, see that and, when I and, you know, first got in, sorry. maybe, maybe they can't, maybe they won't survive because they won't have a personality that's, that's trying to market them. Yeah. I mean, when you think of somebody like Justin Sun, he's just a marketing genius. That's all he is. I mean, either that well, or there's we'll a marketing genius a, behind him. We'll I mean, see if he's a genius. I mean, anybody I mean, can make money in, off, in any year. He's pulled off something pretty amazing though. And the fact that uh, just two months ago, you couldn't actually mention Tron in like any sort of forum without getting blasted, and and now all yeah. of a sudden they're back at the table, and that's pretty that's pretty amazing. Well, I mean, Verge um, is the same way. Yeah, yeah. Are they back at the table? I don't know. I'm I'm sure they will be. I'm well, sure I mean, like I, they they get back to the table seemingly every six months for their for their six month pump, but like, no, <laughs> it'll happen. It'll, of course, it will. Like that's how it works. Um. The thing about Nano is, and the thing that did make me nervous is, I was talking with one of the the big Discord guys in their channel, um, not on the dev team, but just a big fan, and he was like, oh no, Nano's scary because if Colin ever got in a car accident or something like that, it would fold. Yeah. And I think he said it enough where people started to take that to heart, and within a few months, they started to fill out an actual roster of coders and developers. Um, and they brought in some interesting people like this 19, I think this 19 year old kid, 16 year old kid, something like that, who is working for them now part time and super smart. But um, that did give me pause at first. And I was like, Ooh, that's yeah, that is kind of scary. Mm -hmm. Especially when it's still in beta, the wallet's still in beta. They don't have, you know, um, anything that they're actually putting out into the world right now yet. So I think, I mean, it's it's tough. It's I think we're programmed to look for a natural leader because I think instinctually we want to be able to turn off our brains and not have to think about it 100% of the time. It bothers like us the, when we think about it and, and we're turned off by it, you know? I mean, yeah. in, in America, when you're like voting for a president, like when you yeah. stop and actually question what you're voting for, it scares the hell out of me. Like, yeah. because I don't think I think it's qualified to do that, um, or very few people are. Um, yeah, you know, I just thought of another another um, developer who had, had turned into a YouTuber. I, I think his name is, is Jackson Palmer. He's the yeah. he was the creator of Dogecoin. Yeah. And uh, he's he's an interesting character. I follow him on social media, and. Uh, He's he's another guy who created something and left it and it's still doing its thing. Yeah. And it's, it's still it's still operating somehow. It yeah. doesn't have like a great use case, but to see that you can still use it tra to transact is pretty amazing. And it still goes through market cycles. 
And but now see, all he does is he, now he does cryptocurrency news on YouTube. I think. Yeah, no, he That's does. It. He does live videos on Sundays, and oh, yeah. he he's the guy that is a perfect example for me of people who are really smart, but don't seem to do a lot of research all the time. Because I remember he did a a, a video about Nano and IOTA and and the Tangle, and just was completely off base, and a couple other. YouTubers who seem really smart did something yeah, about people, Stellar. You could probably say that about us too. You know, like we don't really know what we're well, talking about. That, that's my disclaimer <laughs> for this show. Just disclaimer. Yeah. You know, who cares if don't, if, don't invest if, in anything we invest in or talk about? It, no, no. But somebody don't, don't listen somebody, to us. We don't know somebody, what the fuck we're talking about. Somebody decided to go on this on this. You know, do a whole thing about Stellar, and had no idea. That it was nonprofit while Ripple was for profit, and was like, "Well, I'll never get into Stellar because it's just like Ripple." And it's just like, "What do you mean it's just like Ripple? The technology is the same, in essence, because it's the same guy that developed it. But mm-hmm. one is open source and nonprofit, one is for profit and for banks. Like, what do you like? They're literally the exact opposite. They're polar extremes. But the guy in his head." Had already made that decision, and it was okay to get yeah. on online and start talking to the world about how he won't invest in something because it's exactly the same as this one that nobody likes. And and Jackson kind of did the same with IOTA, saying, "Well, or with Nano and IOTA, saying, oh, you know, they don't really work yet; they aren't proven, blah blah." And I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, I literally just sent a hundred Nano to myself five minutes ago from the exchange, and it took two and a half seconds." Because the exchange was slow. If I do it person to person, it works every single time. So it's like the idea of like, that's the hard thing about YouTube and everybody out there is do your own research, <laughs> please, for the love of God. Like it's okay yeah. to get information from people, but really you got to go out there and, and do the research for yourself because so many people think they know what they're talking about. I'm pointing at JJ right now and you know, yeah. both of us. But like ultimately... Everyone thinks they're right until, and only a very small percentage of people will actually admit when they are wrong. I would. That's that's important to realize that no matter how much research you do, you could still be wrong because exactly you, who knows where you're getting your research from. Yeah. If it's all if it's all from websites and Coin Market Cap or Coin Checkup or whatever, like who knows? Like really, yeah. you you have to be the investigator in in that case. And I think it's our and, responsibility and, as users to do that. And, and I and I read that's, this really. That's why peer-to-peer systems work is because we are the review. Yeah. But I read this really scary article um, that, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, online magazines or like online things will have uh, uh, opinion pieces and, and pawn them or, or ads and pawn them off as articles. Yeah. And something like 75% of students under 18 didn't realize those were paid advertisements. They couldn't tell the difference between, they a journal article. Just say advertisement about them, right? And they didn't understand. They didn't see it because the way it was, they, they, they purposely were formatting them like articles to make it yeah. look like they no, were I've articles. I've seen them like that. And, but like all, none of these kids were able to understand that they, that they were paid advertisements. And so I, that's the scary thing is uh, I think especially U.S. literacy online is so, is so lacking right now compared to other countries that um, – it's not surprising when people get taken for a ride, especially when you have a charming front man. And so, which kind of leads it back to our, our main topic of crypto front men. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. I know, uh, I'm sorry to anyone who's listening if we haven't mentioned your favorite uh, your favorite crypto celeb. Um, just email comment, us comment at- uh, below. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Comment below. Just give a shout out to your your favorite favorite dude <laughs> or chick in in cryptocurrency, um, especially if you if you if you know of somebody that uh, that we may not have heard of that we might really like because there have got there's some great developers out there who are doing amazing things, and we are in search of them. So, or and also you know, give us your thoughts on on whether developers should be their own frontmen or they should hire people who have a little more experience working with crowds and working with people and, and, and sharing information verbally versus code wise, developing wise. Um, because maybe that's just going to be a change. Maybe we're just going to listen to people who 
don't speak well with others. Like don't, you know, just aren't experienced and that's okay. And maybe we're going to go into in the next generation where it's not going to matter. You know, whereas people it's in the past because, made fun of people know, like the, that. In the 80s and 90s, there was lots of tech developments and, you know, Bill Gates was doing amazing things, but there weren't cameras everywhere and there weren't, yeah. there, there wasn't social media and there wasn't this, uh, this, this need for these people to constantly talk about what they're doing. And even yeah. someone like Bill Gates finally came around to being somebody who could, who could be on camera and give a speech or give a commencement address or something like that. But now it's like, man, you got to get out there immediately and start talking about what you're doing. Well, I mean, I think, so I think Steve Jobs really changed the paradigm of super charming nerd who can talk about tech, but really inspire people to want to buy his products and to convince them that they needed his products. And so they think maybe that's where it, it, it be, I don't know, maybe it didn't begin there, but I don't, I'm trying to think of other CEOs from major corporations that went out like that. Mm. I mean, we've had people since then, like the guy from T-Mobile yeah. and. Yeah, we, uh, we got Steve Ballmer for Microsoft Steve to get out there and clap his hands and jump around. <laughs> and, that was the, that was the Microsoft quiet attempt. And sweat all over the place and ruin his voice. Didn't he have to have like five different vocal surgeries, like voice box surgeries because he would blow out his voice? I loved him. <laughs> developers, 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 developers. <laughs> yeah, look that up because that's a funny video. <laughs> <laughs> developers, developers, developers. Um, yeah, yeah, fluffy phony. I mean, Fluffy Tony wears those, uh, those uh, t-shirts that say like big dogs across the front. And like, yeah. um, he's like you know, on the magical crypto friends. He's like always sitting in front of his like wine racks and he's like wearing like this, like $800,000 watch on his wrist. <laughs> but I feel like a guy like that, his persona is the coin of like, a, it's a private coin, you know, be <laughs> you your own person. Would, Don't let anybody quiet. know what you're doing. No, but like, you know, it, it, it's a private it ledger, so nobody knows, you know, how crazy you're going to be. Like, you don't yeah. have to worry about people like looking over your shoulder, being like, "Why is he buying that?" Or you know, it's like yeah. that's that's the good thing about Monero. And and while while I personally don't own any privacy coins, I how I love I? that. I don't own any at all. <laughs> Touche, well, my friend. Touche. <laughs> But you know, I think I, you know, I think the Verge guy is the perfect front man for Verge. I think Fluffy Pony is the him. perfect frontman for for Monero. I think for those two, I mean, God, Verge, you know, the whole Lamborghini with Verge on the side of it. You know, I never saw the Lamborghini, but I'm not surprised. Uh, I wouldn't even for, be surprised if it was like like just a fan too. Or something. I don't think so. I think they rented a few Lamborghinis and had Verge printed on the side, and they were just racing up and down streets and, and communities, and like it was just—it was just ridiculous. That was right. The Lambos when I got into cryptocurrency last year. I started. Oh, really? I started seeing that. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I'm like, like is that like Verge the cryptocurrency? I'm like this is ridiculous. Wow. But this is back That's when crazy. like when when Moon when Lambo was huge, and and every other word was Lambo, Lambo, Lambo. I was like, oh my god. I can't wait for are this. We, are this are cycle we over that on. now? I don't know if we're over that yet. I think we're over it in the communities I, I hang out in. I saw the the <laughs> pictures of consensus with like the rows of Lamborghinis parked outside. Oh god! Which I was like, when I saw that, I was like, did they like have Lamborghini parking there or something? It's, it's Manhattan. Like, what? Yeah. Why did they reserve those four spaces for the Lambos? I like this is this is gonna make cryptocurrency look, look just as bad, if not worse, than the Wall Street guys right down the street. Like, I think they're I think they're trying to draw the Wall Street guys into crypto, and that's the way they're doing it. Yeah, maybe. May. Those 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 uh performance art pieces though of um they were hiring actors to come out and and protest cryptocurrency, and like some were like, you know, protect Wells Fargo, and you know, oh, we want people to look those, over our shoulder. And, those were a joke. I couldn't quite understand oh, yeah. what the, what that was all about. I was kind of yeah, like, yeah, who yeah, was, the hell? That was, like, that's that was amazing, amazing performance art. That was incredible. Okay. Because that, it took me for cool. a second. It did take me for take take me a second to realize what was going on. And I started re reading the signs in the background and like that. And I was like, "Oh, this is genius, genius." Uh, yeah, that's, that's because cool. you know, 
people love that stuff. People eat that stuff up. Yeah, I, I know some of the the people I follow on Twitter were like commenting that that just like everybody at the convention was wearing a suit, and like of course all the people that I follow, like nobody would ever wear a suit ever. Like you know, yeah, they 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 wear their their hoodies to these conventions. Yeah. And, I, I I came across an article, and I, but I didn't read it, but it said out with the hoodies, in with the something, and so I think that's it's about consensus how everyone's wearing suits. Which just That's so weird. I, I I feel like uh, makes me feel that, old. Th th this this is something that we need to discuss in a future episode, and that is like what what is professionalism in cryptocurrency? Because yeah. nobody nobody knows what it means anymore. And like some people think that it's like you know some some I don't know I don't know what it, it reminds me of that uh, what's his name the guy who plays Batman um, Christian Bale when he flipped out and he was like Are you professional or what? You know when he did that. Thing. Oh, when he, yeah, that. with the, with and the he, like, grip he behind flipped, him. Flipped out. He flipped yeah. out on a on a on, on a grip or or a, it was like a yeah a, a guy moving like, a light in front of him in front of his yeah. eye line. And he Back he flipped out and, and screamed like, "Are you professional? Are you professional or what?" And it's like the least professional thing he could have done. And I just yeah, feel like that's exactly. so much of what's going on in cryptocurrencies. People are saying like, "This person's not professional. Oh, look at the way they're dressed." And it's like. Yeah, you, know, you should be wearing this, or you should be doing this. Like, that guy wearing? Asking, dude, he's so unprofessional. He's, he's going to be in charge of my money. He should be wearing a suit. It's like I don't know. Times are changing. Like, well, and I'm, you realize that a lot of those people wearing suits work for the people wearing jeans and t-shirts. Yeah, but it makes me wonder if we're going to get to the point where when I see somebody wearing a suit, I'm like, they don't really get crypto. I don't want them touching my money. Probably, I already sort of feel that way. So. Um, when I see somebody in a suit, I usually think that they look like a tool. Yeah. Or or they look like they're going to a funeral. One of those two things. Or a wedding. Or maybe a wedding. But... Yeah. <laughs> Let's not be so morose. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that's a good episode, right? It's been about right, an hour. Cool. Yeah. Leave us a note below if there's yeah. anything you got out of this or, or anything you want us to cover in the future. We're, we're looking for more topics to, to discuss. Or if you just hate the way JJ looks, because you know we were thinking about just putting a picture of a bear in front of his face. I just wanted to be a cartoon character. I don't know why I have to be on here at all. You don't, man. I keep telling you, we'll just hire a, a person to like to draw a sketch in real time. Just have a black. You know what? That's a good idea. Just I don't have know how to get an animated figure and have an and have a person create a bear each episode. An artist creates a different bear each episode over your face. I think that would be, and so by the time the episode's done, we have a brand new picture of a bear that we could auction off for okay, charity. Well, if you're listening, this is your job. You got to draw me as a bear. Yes, if you, you if you, and, and and we'll we'll auction off the charity when we have when we have ten followers, we will auction it off <laughs> to one of you for charity. Yeah, <laughs> to the charity of your choice. All right, Great. so uh, next week, tune in. We'll uh, try to give some kind of alert so we don't just pop on at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday night on the yeah, West Coast. it might be 11 o'clock like on a Tuesday night. 3 in the morning, night, 2 we'll in the see. morning. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, well, hope you got something out of it. <laughs> yeah. All, All right, right, guys. Until next time. Cheers, everyone.